And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Right, so this is, uh, welcome to the second part of, uh, of Lace Em Up podcast. Uh, still the same guys, still the same four guys here that you heard on the first part. Um, so now we're going to, we're going to talk about the free agency, um, all the trades that were made, all the trades we didn't get to talk about and, uh, free, uh, some free agencies and where they're going to go. Uh, so let's start with the biggest free agent, um, on the market right now is Steven Stamkos. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that he's going to Detroit, that he's going to Buffalo. Um, apparently Boston's interested in him. I don't buy it, but, um, then there's also, uh, I think like another team in the Atlantic division is also interested in him too. Oh, uh, Toronto. Um, but, uh, yeah, I said Buffalo. Yeah. I said that in the beginning. Um, and Vancouver, the Rangers are also interested in him. Pretty much, I mean, like, every team, like they should, um, should be interested in Stamkos if they can afford him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where do you guys think uh, Stamkos is going to go? Nowhere. Or, <laughs> I think New Jersey. New Jersey? Okay. He can run the show there. He can be the face of that franchise. Um, yeah, I've heard there are some nice places to live in uh, in New Jersey, too. Um so you're making Chris happy, I can tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Chris has a big smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you bet. Um, I, I agree. I think I think New Jersey should be considered a dark horse. Um, it's <laughs> the culture that was. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm not expecting anything. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if come July first, come this Friday, um, Bob McKenzie, Pierre LeBron, someone throws out there, "Ooh, here rumbling the New Jersey," uh, and then it takes off from there. Um, I mean, it's just kind of the culture that Lamarello put in place uh, in New Jersey is that nothing gets out. Nothing nothing gets out. No one knew about the Kovalchuk trade before that happened. Well, going to New Jersey, that trade. Well, um, that's a little different, though, because Lou was in the system. Now he's no longer uh, there. Uh, absolutely, but there's still a lot of the same um, executives yeah. that are in place. Um, Fair enough. And a lot of the same staff members that, that will, I guess, like you said, it is different, but the culture is still there. The culture was created by Lou. Um, before he left, he wanted to make sure that that culture stayed. He said when he hired Shiro, um, he, he he knew Shiro was the right guy uh, to continue on what he was doing. He 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 handpicked them for a reason. He wanted to keep that culture that he created there. Um, but in terms of who I I, I think um, he'll go to, I, I'm my first guess is Detroit, and I think uh, that's only been exemplified now that he uh, Detroit made the trade and got rid of the Datsu contract. Um, everything that I guess. You know, would be a would be viewed as ideal for for Stamkos an ideal scenario. Um, I believe is is there in Detroit. Um, number one center position is open for him. Um, they've got cap space now. Um, they can they can sign him uh, for that around ten million dollar a year average. Um, and it's a team that they've got an up and coming young goaltender in Mrazek. Uh, the D is 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 okay uh, and it's getting better. They've got some young talent and he would be. Um, leading that team, which I, again, with, with Sam Coase, it's, it's difficult because everyone likes to throw the, oh, yeah, based on this and this, he's definitely going to do this. Um, but we really don't know. Um, there hasn't been any inclination as to what he's going to do, except for he said he wants to stay in Tampa. We've heard players say they want to stay 
uh, a particular location before, and, and that's changed. But other than that, there really has been no uh, indication that he wants to go to a, a specific spot. So at this point, all it is is speculation, and, and we can throw out the, the guesses. But my guess would be Detroit. Yeah, I mean, we're all speculating here. So, I mean... He's probably going to, I would say it's either, it's those four teams that I mentioned. It's either Buffalo, Detroit, Tampa, or Toronto. Um, which is funny because they're all in the same division. But, um, yeah, I think those are the four. I think he stays in Tampa. Um, Steve, I think, you also think he's going to stay in Tampa from from our last conversation? I don't see anything concrete that has him leaving Tampa Bay. I mean, they've got a winning culture. They have a good team in front of them. Uh, why change anything? Yeah. I mean, you know, going to Detroit and Buffalo and Toronto, they're going to be really young and really, really good for a very long time. But if it's a win-now philosophy, Tampa's got the better chance to win now than any of those other teams. So I, 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 think, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's going to cost $8.5 million a year. But I don't see Stamkos moving. I, I think he stays where he is. I think another factor in that, too, is will Tampa draw back from their offer and offer him a little bit less? Because, I mean, that team has a lot of players that are going to have to re-sign very soon. Yeah. They're very good and very young. I mean, Nikita Kucherov, they have to re-sign this offseason. Um, they're going to have to re-sign Tyler Johnson and Andre Pilat, Victor Hedman down the road, Jonathan Druin and Andre Vasilevsky. Ben Bishop's uh, the UFA after next year. That's, that is true, and that will take some cap off. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I think Tampa's an interesting team to watch, not just this year, but over the next two or three years, whether they have Stamkos or not. Well, I feel I've like... Said, I've yeah. said before on this podcast, as well, sorry for interrupting, I've said it's before fine. on this podcast, if they keep Stamkos, Drew is gone. They're not keeping both. Um, I feel like Stamkos is their best skater, so I feel like that should be their top priority to sign. Um, yeah. But I do hear you that they do have a lot of guys that are very good that they uh, that they should probably sign as well, like Kucherov and Johnson um, and Bishop. But um, yeah, it, it is an interesting situation. I um, I do want, I did mention it briefly, and it is my own team. But uh, Don Sweeney did say that he is going to try to pursue Stamkos, um, and then um, although. So then the Lucic uh, contract and the Chris Kelly are off the books. Um, and then, so then you can afford to sign a guy like Stamkos. And then you can probably trade Krejci uh, to get a defenseman. Um, I think it's like a, it's probably like a 1% chance that it's going to happen. Um, but it's, it's a dark horse candidate as well. Um, but, Did he um, say that in a not so tampering Jim Benning kind of fashion? Because uh, no, no, no. for tampering. No, no, no. He didn't say it like that. Well, he said that he was gonna like he was gonna pursue Lucic and Okposo. Okposo, I'd be okay with, but not Lucic again. Why would you get rid of a guy you just traded? I know, like I know. That's why I don't get it. But I think he was just I think he was just trying to tell people that he's gonna try to get a yeah. big guy, a uh, big free agent in the free agency, but. Um, I, I'd be okay with Ocposo to uh, replace Louis, but um, I don't think Lucic would work, especially since we had him before. But um, yeah, so I I do want to briefly mention that I don't think it's likely that we'll get Stamkos, but or the Bruins will get Stamkos, but um, it could happen. Um, let's see here. Um, 
All right, let's get to our award. The awards happened last Wednesday. Um, a couple of nuts. Uh, there was a couple of surprises here. Um, a couple not. I guess I can go with the not surprises first. Uh, so the heart went to Patrick Kane. The uh, Jack Adams went to Barry Trotz. Lady Bing went to Anze Kopitar. Masterton went to Yager. And the GM went to uh, Rutherf- Rutherford. Um, although, I mean, yeah, uh, I guess those weren't too much surprises. Um, oh, and the Vezina went to Holtby. Um, the, uh, so the, the bigger, the biggest surprise, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest surprise of that night was, uh, the Norris went to Drew Doughty. Uh, a lot of people thought it went, it should have gone to Eric Carlson. Uh, me and Steve talked about this last week about, I guess both are worthy of it, but when I come to think about it, like Carlson hasn't like put up numbers that Bobby Orr um, that are comparable to Bobby Orr did, and I feel like that should be recognized more uh, for the Norse. Um, but I guess people thought that uh, Dowdy was a better all-around defenseman. Um, really, they should just change the award to an all-around defenseman and then an offensive defenseman award. Um, but um, I don't know. There, there was controversy there. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. I'm not mad that uh, Carlson deserved to be in the running. I'm not mad that he lost it because, again, if you talk about best all-around defenseman, Dowdy wins. I'm sorry to say it, Ottawa Senators fans, but Dowdy wins. But Carlson deserved to be up there in the nomination. Brent Burns was equally deserving, but Dowdy's the best all-around defenseman of the three. And I I think it went to the right person. I would love to see Carlson take it. He had um, plenty of reasons to take it, but at the end of the day... um, Drew Doughty helped the Kings get back into the playoffs. He was a big reason for that. So I'm, I'm not overly peeved that Carlson got snubbed. Uh, there are a few reasons that I think Eric Carlson should have won it for. Um, one, when you talk about a player and you're consistently saying, um, the first player to do this since, you know? Yeah. yeah. How is that guy not a big-time award winner, right? Um, outside of there, talking about Drew Doughty, um, if you dive into stats, I mean, a, a lot of stuff says that when Jake Muzzin plays Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty plays better. And when Jake Muzzin is not with Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty is significantly worse. And I'm not trying to say Jake Muzzin is a better player than Drew Doughty. What I'm trying to say is that shouldn't Doughty be the guy supporting his teammates instead of his teammates supporting him? Yeah, that's I a mean, good point. That, that's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at you look at Doughty, you know, he's got quick on the same team, too. So he's got a lot of a lot of guys that have his back. I mean, Carlson, like he can take over a game on his own if he wanted to, and he okay. does. Um, I'm looking at this like it's 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 strange. It everything surrounding the best the Norris Trophy, the best defenseman award is it's difficult right now for the yeah. league and everyone yeah, voting because if you there there really is no way of avoiding the controversy unless you create a different award for best strictly offensive yep. defense. Call it the yeah, today's day and age, absolutely. You're right. It's it's difficult because say we open up uh, a separate best offensive defenseman and best defensive defenseman award, it, it opens up too large of a pool. Then you're getting guys like, and again, I apologize for the bias here, and I'll, I'll try to throw somebody else in as well. You get the <laughs> guys like the Andy Greens of the world and Nicholas Jomersons that are going to be open for this. There are so many unheralded defensive defensemen that I guess we're going to talk about um, defensive play as, as you know, what should be a strong consideration for the Norris Trophy. These guys should get this consideration. 
Uh, it, it's a very difficult scenario that that this this particular award is in. But if we're going to talk about how it is now, it's it it is strange because it, isolate this season. I think a lot of people had issues with Carlson potentially winning this year because he's always won it so much so many times before based on the exact same play. You know, all it is is he's had his big uh, point production and he's won the Norris Trophy. It should go to somebody else who has who has more of a well rounded game. But if you isolate this season, he had a point per game. I, I don't have any stats in front of me, but I would reckon it's been a long time since there was a defenseman that had a point per game. Yeah. Uh, and so it's difficult to not give that player the Norris Trophy for being the best defenseman in the league. But if we're going to bring all of this um, well-rounded play into into the debate, then I my pick for the Norris would have been Brent Burns because um, not only did he only finish seven points behind uh, Eric Carlson this season, but he had a more round, a more well-rounded defensive game than Carlson did. Um, maybe and not Doughty. to the point that Doughty does, but Burns' game is is truly complete. I think he was the best defenseman in the league this year. That's a good um, point. He would have been my vote. You can, you can make a case for all, all, all three of them for them to win as well, and and there are many reasons why yeah. you give it to Carlson. So I I I can understand why he won it, why he would win it, but I can also understand why they didn't pick him. Yeah, I guess it's one of those awards that you could have like given it to. Any of yeah. those three guys. All and three were equally deserving, absolutely. Calder was the same way. Yeah, Calder was the same way. Same as the Selkie, too. But, um, yeah, I guess we can go to the Selkie uh, or the Calder. I don't care, really. Uh, Selkie, I was a bit peeved by it as a Bruins fan because I felt like this was Bergeron's best all-around uh, year and his best offensive year, even. Um, and then I felt like they just gave, they gave the award to Kopitar uh, just because they were sick of giving it to Bergeron. But, um, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I feel like that's just sour grapes from my part. But um, I feel like, not that Kopitar is a bad guy or a bad player at all. Um, I felt like Bergeron uh, is like the example of what a Selkie Award winner is um, every year. Especially this year when he had like his best season. So, But um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about the Selkie. I feel like I'm just groaning because I'm a Bruins fan here, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Kopitar was the right choice, but Bergeron definitely deserved to be in the conversation yep. and definitely a solid second choice, but I, I go with Kopitar mm-hmm. in this, in this case. Again, I didn't watch, and this is a guy who didn't watch much of either team, so. <laughs> I'm really on the fence. You know, I could have went either way, so, yeah. no, I can't complain seeing Kopitar saying, I think, I think Steve said it perfectly there. Both guys could have won. You know, flip a coin if it's heads, Bergeron if it's tails. It's yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they both did. They both did play. I'm not like trying to like discourage Kopitar. I'm just. I guess I'm more sad that um, it happened, but that's true. Um, all right, I guess we can go to the Calder. So Artemi Panarin won, um, although McDavid uh, had a point per game, even though he was injured for 45 games. I think it was. We talked about this last week, Steve. Uh, that like if McDavid played uh, full McDavid season, played the full season, he wins. He wins uh, by far. Um, he probably might even win the heart, but um, nah, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he had more than a point per game. Um, if he keeps with that pace, yeah, he would, he would win the heart. If, if, if the Oilers make the playoffs, then he gets the heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that too, yes. If he was instrumental in them making the playoffs first time in, in so unbelievably long and had that point pace, yes, absolutely hurt. Um, all, all three guys, like you said, deserving of yeah. the Calder. I, 
no issue with the Panarin pick. Um, that's a lot of a lot of those around the NHL um, and fans specifically have the issue that Panarin's too old. He's not, you know, a rookie, etc. He's played. He's a few helped years. by Kane. Uh, yeah, helped by Kane. He's played a few years in a professional league. Um, but those same people. Um, were advocates of Ghost's Bear for the Calder. Now, Cal- Ghost's Bear, as well as a lesser league, um, has played professional hockey for a few years in the AHL, and he's only one year younger than Panarin. So, where's all the where's all the flack uh, against Ghost's Bear if they're going to have that strong of argument against Panarin? Yeah, that's another good point. See that I, both 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 filled the gaps that their 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 teams were were trying to fill a lot sooner than they were expecting. I mean, you look at Ghostus Barry who's scoring clutch goals in overtime. The Flyers were playing significantly better with him in the lineup than he was than they were without him in the lineup. And and he and they needed a guy who could work the power play. And Ghostus Bear can work the power play. He can make things happen. He's fun to watch. Same with Panarin. When Sharp left, everyone thought, oh, where are they going to fill this guy? Panarin comes in, can't tell the difference. And and that reason, I'm not surprised that McDavid finished third in voting. I think Ghostus Bear uh, deservedly so. Uh, if he didn't win it, he deserved to be second at least. That's nothing right. against McDavid. It's just the way, the, the way those two were playing cl- in clutch situations – McDavid, uh, Ghostus Bear, and Panarin really raised their game. So. Absolutely. I, I think Calder rules have to be changed to get around this 24-year-olds or, um, or or players who have played in pro leagues with a KHL for a couple of years. I really think they shouldn't be able to win, but based off this, you know, I can't argue with Panarin winning. Uh, McDavid was my pick. Panarin was my second choice. Um, but, yeah, like just, just how they write the rules, I, I yeah. can't say Panarin shouldn't have won. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a lot like the Norris, where it's like, it it depends on, like, I feel like all three of those guys are deserving, but uh, Panarin won, so... Uh, I guess that? we're going to have to create another award, call it the uh, Too Young to be a Rookie, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, not enough to... player who made the most difference award, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll right. take that idea. All right, so that's... Uh, that's it for the awards. I feel like they're kind of stupid, actually. Nice. I think about it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to uh, other things. Um, Goligoski got uh, he was traded last week, um, and then the Coyotes signed him for a five-year, twenty-seven point three million. That's uh, five point four six million per year. Um, uh, it's an interesting pick. I feel like he's going to be like a mentor to a lot of the guys. Um, on Arizona, he'll be a good guy for uh, OEL um, as well. And I think I don't know. I think the uh, it was a smart move by Chica, um, the new GM of the Coyotes. Yeah, he made a lot of smart moves and taking on Datsuk's contract, like we mentioned in the in the last part. You know, he he, he made a lot of wise decisions yep. and and getting Goligoski as well. All it took him is a conditional fifth if he signed. That turned out to be a goalie from the Carlton Place Canadiens, uh, a level below the OHL, uh, Colton Point, 128th overall. And yeah. apparently, from and and I know a lot of sports guys that that work in that league, and they say Colton Point is his training regimen isn't really that good, and they doubt he could be an NHL caliber player. So if all you have to do is train a conditional fifth to get a guy like Goligoski and income for five years, um, I think Arizona made a wise choice. Yeah, I agree. On the same talk of Golgoski, I think the Coyotes might be players in free agency too. Um, I don't think they'll be in on Stamkos, but 
Um, I think they'll make some wise pickups, some real analytical or possession-based pickups. Um, John Shake is a bright guy. Um, you're not going to see him go out there and pick up Dale Weiss because he had two good playoff runs that didn't play very the regular season side of there. And you're not going to go see him pick up Roman Polak because he's 6'4 and 230. You know, he's going to pick up guys that are going to be good value players uh, that he's going to be able to sign for cheap, most likely, who are going to help the team uh, going forward. Yeah, and, and yeah. guys that don't cost much right now, like you get a guy like Anthony D'Angelo as well. And, and, and they're bulking up on defense because that's where their need is. They have a lot of got young guys up front that are going to do some serious damage, but they need defense above and they, Well, they also have Chikrin, too, so in the draft. Yeah, too, so. exactly. Um, exactly why that Goligoski signing, I think, is, is, is unbelievable. They do need defense, but making that trade and, and signing, that, signing that deal was, I mean, crucial to allowing them to draft a guy like Clayton Keller, um, who uh, we, with the BTI Hockey website in our rankings, was, was both with Matt and I, the best player available there. I would say they didn't have Goligoski. They might have had. They might have had to strongly look at drafting Suryachev or Chikrin. Um, yeah, that's true. With that pick. So yeah. I think that was, that was that was huge. Getting the Goligoski um, deal done uh, prior to the draft was huge, and then being able to draft exactly who they wanted at seventh overall. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, very good point. Um. All right. Let's go to another defenseman who was signed for a long-term contract, even longer term. Um, and I, th- I think he's also a former Coyote. Yeah, he's a former Coyote, too. Yeah, another transition, too. Uh, <laughs> nice. Keith, Keith Yandel uh, got signed to the Florida Panthers uh, for seven years, $44.5 million. That's $6.35 million per year. Um, this was an interesting pick. I don't know if, I guess he's going along with Ekblad, but... Um, He's like I think he's on the wrong side of the range on the uh, wrong side of thirty, um, and he wasn't that great for the Rangers. So I don't know why Florida signed him to this long term of a contract. I felt like that was a strange move for them. Not that Yandel's bad per se, but I just I just don't think he's worth that much. Um, I think the bat with this. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, it's fine. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I was scratching my head too with Yandel, but you know, after this draft, they get rid of a guy who's making some money, Dmitry Kulikov, and they pick yeah. up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. More, Mark Pe- Mark Pesic has very good underlying numbers, and he's a lot cheaper. And when you make moves like that, it, oh, you know what? I'm talking with two different teams here. I'm talking with Florida and Arizona. Sorry, getting mixed up in the sun belt there. Um, oh, that's fine. No, you know what? I am. I am talking with Florida. My bad. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, when you get guys like Mark Pesic who are undervalued who make an appropriate amount of money, it makes it okay to spend a little bit more on a guy like Keith Yandel that can mentor them um, and who could, you know, put in a little offense with this game. See, here's here's the thing that perplexes me is that they traded Gabranson to Vancouver before they made the Kulikov trade, and I assumed they were going to make that trade considering Kulikov's, you know, I think a better all-around defender than Gabranson is, or so he's shown at this point. Uh, my assumption is they were going to hang on to Kulikov and then bring in, you know, a guy like Yandel, and then, you know, Kulikov is is your shutdown defensive pairing, and then they trade him too, which is which kind of perplexes me. I think, uh, I think you know, Ekblad and Yandel are great, but I think you need a guy like Kulikov to solidify that, and I'm really perplexed as to why they traded Kulikov. Maybe the, for the same reason they couldn't afford him, but I think trading Gabranson is. Um, probably why 
I was hoping anyway that they would get a chance to keep a guy like Kulikov around and re-sign him, but uh, apparently not the case. But you're right, Keith Yandel, and there was this interesting article I'm looking at from Yahoo Sports, why Keith Yandel opted for Panthers over unrestricted free agency, and Eric Ekblad is a very good, big reason why. And he wants to help out the power play. He takes pride in it. And here's what he says about Ekblad. A huge thing with talking with the brass here, the opportunity to play with a guy like Ekblad, I see him winning multiple, multiple Norris trophies. To have the opportunity to play with a young talent like that is one of those things you don't get to do many times in your career. And getting to play with him definitely helped my decision to come to Florida. I think that he'll help the team for now at least, but I truly believe that Florida lost every argument in the negotiating room with that deal. Um, he's a fine player right now. That's 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 fantastic. He's got a great first pass. He's, he can quarterback a power play. It's, it's great. Um, but what is it? I think it's six years for the deal? Yeah. Um, no, actually, uh, just looking at it. It's six years, yeah. Seven-year deal. Seven-year, 44.5 million, yeah. Yeah, 6.35 average per year. Yeah, so they went, they went almost, I believe, um, with a team that holds your, your negotiating rights. You can sign a max of eight-year deal. So they almost hit the max um, in, in terms of term, length of the deal. Um, I believe the first six years involved a no trade. Which is also quite quite poor. I believe this, this deal yeah. will look fine for the first three years. Yeah. But I've, on the wrong side of thirty, he's he's actually this season in the, in the second half of the season, yeah. and there was there's been talk of Ekblad once uh, he's able to sign his extension. Uh, yeah. he's going to sign for about seven point five uh, is the plan. On top of having to sign Huberto to his new contract in a couple of years, and Bukestad and Barkov, who's emerging as a star in the league, there's going to be a lot of money that needs to be tossed around. It should also there. be it should also be known that Yuri Hoodler and Teddy Purcell are free agents this yeah. year. That, that clears some cap for them. That, that's nice. Um, but uh, they'll still run. I believe they'll still run into some problems cap wise in the next few years. Yeah, that's a money tied up in just a few players, um, especially one that's going to be regressing. I believe as uh, over the next few years, immediately. Uh, that's all. That's a long deal for a lot of money. Yeah, that's now, to true. To be fair, Brian Campbell, he had this big deal uh, that expires this year. Mm. And they're probably not going to keep him around. So I guess that probably gave them the yeah. money they, they needed to get a guy like um, Daniel. But you're right, long term, it's still an issue. I uh, Yeah, so I said, yeah, I agree with you. I, I said at the beginning when I introduced this topic, uh, Yandel was at the wrong side of 30. He's actually 29, so he's he's almost at the wrong side of 30. But yeah. uh, but even still, it's it's not a great contract, especially at the later half of this contract, when like four or five years down the line. Um, all right, uh, let's get to. Uh, we talked a bit about this before in the first part, but uh, Frederick Anderson uh, was traded uh, from the Ducks to the Maple Leafs for the thirtieth pick and a second round pick. Uh, one was Sam Steele. I don't know who they got in the second round, but. Um, uh, the second round pick is also in 2017. Oh, was so next year? Oh, that was next year. I thought they got yeah. it this year. Never mind. Um, and then uh, they signed him uh, for a five-year, 25 million uh, contract. So that's five million per year. Um, yeah, I I think this is an interesting uh, trade for them, considering that the Maple Leafs are still kind of in their rebuild. But I guess they 
they get a guy like uh, Toronto, uh, Frederick Anderson, to um, help them out, um, and we'll see what he can do. Um, I feel Lule Morello said uh, uh, yeah. said it himself. I believe it was Lule Morello who said this, uh, according to one of the media outlets that I follow on Twitter, and he said we wanted to make sure that Freddie knew that he was going to be our guy, hence the yeah. contract. I feel and bad that for also, that. Also, basically means that Bernier is almost certainly gone yeah. because they have Garrett Sparks and Antoine Bebo waiting in the wings. I was about to say, yeah. Sparks and Bebo. Uh, I don't think I have him as a future in the NHL. Um, I think I think there's a very realistic possibility that Bernier plays this year in Toronto as the backup. Um, yeah, that's possible. For how long is my question? Because yeah. he's going to be his contract's up after this year. I I don't think he plays after this year in Toronto. Well, so you're saying he, he walks for nothing, pretty much? I don't think he has much value at this point, to be honest. That's fair. I, I feel like I'm one of the few who's actually still on Team Bernier. I feel like he still can add something to a, a team, but um, uh, I don't know. I, I think the thing, uh, the thing I'm hesitant about Anderson is that uh, he hasn't played a full season yet, and we don't know exactly what he's capable of, because uh, he's always been with, in tandem with either Hiller or uh, Gibson, so um, I would be curious to see how he'd play, and especially with Toronto, which has worse defense than Anaheim does, I'd be curious to see how he does in like a bigger role like this. The closest um, thing to a full not season that he's was, any bad was the year he played 54 games in 2014-2015, and that year he got 35 wins. Okay, I guess that's not bad, but it's tough to, like, I feel like it's still not like 82 games, or 80-70 games now, the way that goalies, starting goalies play now. It's difficult, but you need to take that kind of a risk um, True. if you hope to, to really get a future stud. Yep. They didn't pay uh, that high of a price for him, so that's fine. I'm not on Team Bernier, very much not on Team Bernier. I don't think he's a legitimate starter in the league, but I do believe they'll be able to find a home for him um, maybe a month into the season next year. Yep. Uh, I agree with Matt. I think he'll start the season as a backup in Toronto, uh, but I think they will manage to to find a suitor for him for him in his contract. His, his less than one year left. Uh, for the remainder of the season, a team that would look to see if maybe um, it'd be maybe a playoff team that needs a more legitimate backup option, um, knowing they're heading into the playoffs. Uh, similar to what happened with Reimer this year. Uh, yeah, sounds that's, yeah. that's the deal that I'm looking at um, for Bernier this year, and I think that will happen. How long into the season, it still remains to be seen, but but we'll take a look at it. And Toronto will be in, um, in competition with uh, Pittsburgh, though, I believe. Murray will end up proving he can take the, the Penguins um, by the reins and lead them for the next few years. So it'll be a similar situation there. Is, is in, uh, Pittsburgh's going to need to, to gauge um, the interest from around the league. And, and you know what? You allude, you allude to that pretty nicely. I mean, if, if Pittsburgh, in the event Marc-Andre Fleury gets traded and they need a plan B behind Matt Murray, I don't know if Zakoff can be that plan B. So maybe a guy like Bernie fits in a Pittsburgh system. Yeah, I can see that. That's the point with the trade there is you don't know who the, who the Leafs would have drafted those guys. Um, I mean, it would have been pick number 30. And looking at who the Leafs drafted this year, um, I felt really nice with getting Anderson instead of drafting a guy that I wasn't going to be 100% confident in. Yeah. Watching. Yeah, that's true. And I guess it's good that like they they got him now as opposed to a couple of years down the line because yeah. 
now they don't have to worry about it. There's not that much pressure on him in the first couple of years. So there's there's that to uh, look forward to. And now you can see what you, you have in the guy before you guys are serious reten- up contenders um, in the league. Um, all right, uh, I guess we can go on to uh, Thomas Vanek, who got bought out uh, by the Minnesota Wild. So I think he's now a free agent. Um, I, I guess I could have put this in the free agent section that we have, but um, I put it here. Uh, yeah, he got bought out. I guess he, he his two years in Minnesota wasn't as expected um, or what people thought he was going to be, but um, I think that he's going to find a job somewhere. Um, not sure where, but uh, he will find a job. I think he might have to take a pay cut, though. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> Well, you got bought out. I don't think any team's gonna be willing to sign at that price. And if if well, he did get bought out. out there, if, yeah. he, if there is a team out there, it's not in the NHL, so he'll probably have to go to Europe for, to look for that kind of money. But yeah, but he did get bought out, so he's probably yeah. not gonna get that much money. I but, think he'll find a home in the NHL, um, and I think Lou will take a pay cut to stay in the NHL, unlike Alexander Radulov. But that's a story yeah. for another day. Right. Um, yeah, apparently that comeback isn't going to happen. For and apparently him. the KHL doesn't want him either. No, he's, he, he signed today with... Um, I no, I, I, the G, they, they said that... Uh, the report said that the, that GM said that they he uh, he didn't. Oh, so he's just floating now. Oh, he's just floating yeah. now, yeah. He's not even in the KHL yet. Um, on the oh. Bannock thing here, um, I think Minnesota... I was a little weirded out by why Minnesota did this. Um, for one, there, there's one year left in his contract, and Vanek produced at a clip that really shows these top six scores to, uh, um, in the past two years. I mean, I know people say they want 50 or 60 points from top six forward, but realistically in today's NHL, 40 or 50 points is a decent top six forward for a team. Um, and then buying him out shows that Minnesota's got plans for this top season. So whether it means they're going to be in the running for Stamkos or... And yeah, I was just about to say, you wonder if they're going to jump in on that. Yeah. Shedding $7.5 for one year shows they have plans right now. Yeah. And there were also, I think, five guys um, that were kind of AHL, NHL hovering. Um, not, nothing that would really free up too much cap, but they basically told like five guys that uh, you're going to have to look elsewhere. And all pretty much all of them are unrestricted free agents. Uh, Jared Knight was one of those individuals. Yeah, I'm just looking at Vanek's stats here in Minnesota. I believe he had, yeah, I guess they're not too bad. I thought they were much worse. He had 93 points in 154 games in Minnesota for the two years he was there. So it's not too bad, but I thought, I don't know. I th- I, I remember hearing, though, that he uh, he wasn't given a lot of ice time, that he he should have had, or like he was like complaining about ice time. So maybe they just figured this is like a personality thing. But I think uh, I, I'm I'm just thinking because it's a total move they would make. I think Vancouver gets Vanek. Okay, I mean yeah. I don't know why. This is all speculation, I think he's but yeah. Going to Vancouver. Okay. Now is that is that assuming they lose out on both Lucic and Erickson? Yes. Okay. Um, that's, that's an interesting prediction. I guess they, these are they, all... They want something big. They're, they're yeah. going to get a big fish. Whether or not they're going to overpay to get that big fish is another story, but... Yeah, I guess that's, um, yeah, this is all speculation, so I guess it's, yeah, I guess. it's as good a guess as any, really. Yeah. Um, Gudas 
Um, got Radko Gudas got four years, thirteen point four million, three point three five million per year. I think he uh, he had a decent year this year. I, I haven't really looked at his stats yet, but um, for the he resigned with the Flyers. Um, but um, I think he got like a four point game this year or something like that. Yeah, but uh, I think he's more of like a like an agitator hey, type of yeah. Game. Defenseman. So yeah, I, yeah. I guess it's a good contract 20, in that perspective. Oh, but twenty five percent of his points this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jordy Ben also resigned three years with Dallas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are. Um, I guess those are good contracts considering what they are and what their role is. But um, I don't think we have to go too for, too much into that contract. Um, let's go to uh, Vincent. It was uh, Vincent Lecavier. He uh, officially retired. He was. He said that he was going to retire once he got traded to the Kings, but he's officially retiring. Um, when I was looking at the free agency list, I uh, noticed that Shane Doan and Patrick Eliash are also free agents, um, and I guess Dan Boyle's also a free agent too. I thought he said that he was going to retire, but Steve told me before the show that he's um, he's not officially retired yet. But um, I, I, I didn't hear anything that he was going to retire. I, I, I think he's got – I think he's he's not going to be back with the Rangers. We know that. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's done in the NHL. I think okay. he's got another year left or two. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, we didn't really talk too much about, like, a tribute to Datsuk last week. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's kind of sad because, like, there was a time when LeCavier was – like probably one of the better players in the league, yeah. and then he's just when once he went to Philadelphia, he uh, trailed off, um, and never really was the same again. Um, he's started to slowly see his yeah. numbers decline in Stamkos's early years. Like there was a part where Stamkos was the better player than Lecavalier, and Lecavalier yeah. was getting paid way more than Stamkos. Well, yeah, and um, and then we yeah we didn't really talk about Datsuk, but it's it's going to be sad without him in the league. Um, I for, 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 forgot to mention that last week. Um, he's uh, he's definitely one of the best players in the 2000 era. Um, but um, yeah, Lecavier. It's it's also sad to see him go. He, there was like a time when he was on the Kings um, where we thought like, oh, maybe he's back again. Maybe he yeah. won't retire. But uh, it looks like he's gonna retire. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that Shane Doan or Patrick Eliash will retire? I don't think either will. Okay. I think, I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure, um, I know Elias' agent has come out and said he wants to play one more year. Okay. Uh, as much as, as a Devils fan, his his last game uh, against Toronto this year, the Devils' last game this season, that was, I think it would have been a picture-perfect way for him to end his career. Um, he had a great showing um, that day in the game. He played well, uh, got on the score sheets, um, scored in the last 30 seconds of the game. Uh, it was a transition because uh, he was Pavel Zaka's, one of Pavel Zaka's idols along with Yarmir Yager growing up uh, until Pavel Zaka playing his first game for New Jersey in what could have been Eliash's last game. They played together. They played well together. Uh, as much as one more season would be nice to have, you know, the old check and the young check uh, working together to ease that transition, I thought it would have been a picture-perfect way to end his career. But, I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, he's the best forward New Jersey's ever had. Um, his number's going to be retired very shortly after he retires. Ever uh, had? Like, more than, like, Kovalchuk or Parise? Uh, yes, absolutely. He's been... Well, I uh, guess more, like, yeah, more long-term, yeah. Especially for tenure. 
Um, yeah. he's, he is the most notable and, and the best forward the Devils have ever had. Um, and it'll be sad when he goes. I'll be, it'll be nice if he wants to play one more season. Um, again, with injuries and how he ended last year, I think that would have been a perfect way to end it. But I believe he did come out and say, or his agent came out and said he wanted to uh, play one more year. And I think the same thing with Doan. I don't know if his agent said it or if it was Doan in an interview, but I, I think he noted that he wanted to play one more year, uh, and I think he wanted to do it in Arizona as well. I think Doan is going to stay one to more year. I think Doan's going to stay another year. I wouldn't be surprised if Elias plays one more year, but I think he's more likely to retire than Doan is. Yeah, they might both make like one more year to their team. Yeah. So Elias to the Devils for one definitely, year. Definitely on the verge. And Doan for the Coyotes for one more year. But yeah, it's going to be sad to see those guys go too. But um, especially Doan because he doesn't have his cup yet. Um, and he's been he in the probably, league for a he while. He probably won't get it unless he goes elsewhere. Yeah, but I th- I kind of like respect that move at the same time because yeah, because uh, he's like he wants to stay with the team and doesn't want to like be traded just to get a chance. Um, so there's that. Uh, the uh, Sabers made a trade earlier in this week. Uh, a little surprising because Toronto and Boston were the front runners for Jimmy VC. But um, apparently now the Sabres made a trade for the Predators for a third-round pick um, to get Jimmy VC. Um, Brent Pitlick, 76 overall, is yeah. what that pick turned out to be. Yeah, he's still um, he's still uh, scheduled to uh, test free agency on August 15th. Uh, but uh, Tim Murray said that he's going to give it a shot. Um, and they also employed uh, Jack Eichel to get it. Um <laughs> I don't know. I feel now, like now they got Neilander. Yeah. I, I don't see why he doesn't sign. I think he's. I think well, he's I, you know a perfect situation in Buffalo. But I think at the same time, if he's if he didn't sign with the Predators, because that was a good situation too. Uh, I don't know why he would sign with Buffalo. I feel like he has his mind set up right I think now. There's more to do there with the fact that I I, I always thought that uh, Buffalo were one of the front runners and yeah yeah they were a front runner too. That's true. Yeah, DC sorry. and and Eichel. Um, our, our friends, friends yeah. before that, and so I think that uh, that contributes to it. On, on top of the fact that it is closer to his home, um, so I think I think there's a lot of contributing factors that make Buffalo a, a nice choice uh, for him. As much as the Leafs tried to go out and draft his brother and hire his dad as a, as a member of the front office staff, as much as their their efforts maybe all for naught, um, it's a long time now that um, Buffalo has exclusive negotiating no negotiating rights to him. So that's um, I think uh, Buffalo should definitely be considered the outright front runner now, obviously because they have the yep. rights. Regardless of whether or not he has come out and said, "Yeah, I still plan on hitting free agency um, late in August," I think Buffalo right now, if I was a betting man, I would say um, with the scenario they have, an up and coming team, uh, space in the top six, his friends there, and it's close to home. I think that would be um, right now. Well, I see why he wouldn't sign. Technically, close to home is Boston, but yeah, I I, I hear you though. I think he the Buffalo is the front runner at the moment. Um, I still have hope that he's going to sign with Boston, but um, it's not looking good on that perspective. Um, we have the well, other guy who uh, might be sad too about it, Matt. Oh yeah, I was just going to say Jimmy Vesey's agent came out and said that uh, Jimmy Vesey is waiting till August fifteenth. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think Buffalo is a front runner at all here. 
I think he's going to wait for them, and he's going to have a couple of concrete offers in. He should have 30 concrete offers in, but um, <laughs> I think that a lot can happen in a month, um, more than a month, and I think that it's, it's, it's a long time that Buffalo has to, to woo him, to sway him, to stay in Buffalo, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that happens. I still have some hope that the Bruins will be able to sign him, but um, I don't think, I, I think it's less than what it was before this trade. Obvious for obvious reasons, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's something we'll see. I know his agent said that he's still going to test free agency, so there's that. Um, I just have a bunch of different trades here. Um, if you guys just have anything to talk about, we did talk about them a bit uh, previously. The uh, Pavel Dadsuk to Arizona for Joe Vital and a couple picks. Um, Kulikov, we mentioned before, Kulikov went to the Sabres um, for uh, Mark Pisic and a couple of picks. Um, Anthony D'Angelo went to the Coyotes for a second-round pick, which is kind of surprising. Bo Bennett to the Devils um, for a third-round pick from Pittsburgh. Uh, Jack Campbell to the Kings um, for Nick Ebert. What's, what's qu- quickly, just yep. interesting, Jack Campbell, a former first-round pick, Nick Ebert, went in the sixth or the seventh round. Yeah. So that basically that basically just shows in you know, a one-for-one trade how much value Jack Campbell doesn't have left in the Stars organization. <laughs> yeah, especially if the Stars don't like a goalie, it's like tough luck, you know? Like, they need help on that. But uh, So they got a goalie. That was a bit surprising, too, from that perspective as well. Um, I don't know, do you guys, I, oh, and we have a, two more trades, and then you guys can talk about any of these guys. Uh, so Kirby Reichel is going to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Scott Harrington, who is involved in the Kessel trade in a conditional fifth-round pick, and Nick Holden to the Rangers for a fourth-round pick next year for, uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, um, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but, um, if you guys want to talk about any of these trades... Regarding the Scott Harrington thing, I believe is the condition is if Columbus puts on way uh, if he gets put on waivers and gets claimed, then Columbus gets that conditional fifth. Wow. But if they keep Harrington, there's no pick attached. Huh. I believe that's what to which, the Cats. Which really, which really is strange because then you look at it as if they view Harrington's value as a fifth round pick, and Buffalo yeah. was the only thing going the other way. Did he really want out, or did they need to get him out that badly that his value became a fifth round pick? Pretty much, it's I, I, it's strange. It's, well, it's it's interesting because you look at you look at that trade with Phil Kessel, and he was one of the pieces that came over, and and you look at also the Phaneuf trade, and Ottawa basically uh, one of the guys they gave up was Jared Cowan, didn't even play a game. And he's probably, and he, um, I believe, I don't know if the Leafs have already bought out Jared Cowan, but they said they're going to buy him out, and he's going to become uh, basically a free agent and, and willing uh, to go whatever team is willing to pay him the money. So, uh, again, is, is Jared Cowan's value went down significantly there. So you're right. It's, 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 it's. It's stunning how, how fast a, a player's value can drop like that. Also, there's this trade um, that I don't think too many people uh, realized happened. Um, the um, New York Islanders traded up in the fourth round. They drafted, uh, drafted an, an Natalie Goloshev 
uh, while the Hawks got the Islanders' 110th pick and decided to select a Swedish defenseman who we also talked about a lot named Lucas Carlson. And uh, the Blackhawks uh, also got a six-round pick in 2017 from the Islanders in that pick swap on Saturday. Huh. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't really mention the like trades for picks. I mean, the the Devils and the Senators had a, dra- a trade, but it was just to like the first two. Uh, the first, like the they just switched picks, and uh, I think the second yeah, one. rounder also went New Jersey's yeah. way in that trade. Um, but um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any other. Comments on any of those trades I just mentioned, but well, Nick, Nick Holden uh, going to Colorado basically went from Keith Yandel to Nick Holden. That's uh, quite that's quite the downgrade for yeah. Colorado. Yeah, or, uh, Rangers. For the Rangers, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, the, so those were all the trades that did happen. Uh, here are some trades that didn't happen, but we thought they would happen. PK Subban uh, didn't get traded, but um, they did pick up. Uh, Lars Eller got traded. Sergachev got drafted, um, so P.K. Subban, I guess, uh, they kind of need him now, um, especially with Lars Eller out, so I guess that makes sense why Subban wasn't traded, but there was, like, rumors that there were, like, Dreisaitl, um, Yakupov, Dreis- Dreisaitl, the fourth Yakupov, pick. Yakupov, and the fourth overall for Subban, and a third, according to Complete Hockey yeah, News, um, hours before the draft happened. Uh, yeah, there was rumors about that, um, but I thought, yeah, I felt like as long if this if the Canadians didn't get Hall or RNH out of that deal or Eberle, um, I don't think it would have been worth it for Montreal. Um, so uh, there's that, but I guess it's not surprising that he got he didn't get traded, uh, considering he's their best skater. But um, yeah, so that didn't happen. Shannon Kirk, uh, reportedly he was going to go to the Bruins, but the Bruins had, it was like a first, the first two picks and first two first round picks and Pasternak. Um, I'm happy they didn't take that. Um, There's also rumors that it was like Shannon Kirk for Hall straight up, which is more reasonable, but I I don't blame the Oilers for not taking that. And then I think there was another rumor of Shannon Kirk going... Yeah, I heard from Complete Hockey News today, if Detroit wanted to get involved, uh, there were reports flowing around that Dylan Larkin would have to be involved. Yeah. Or he was so one of the names thrown out there. I feel and, like, I feel like I, if, you, I, if you... If you lose out on Stamkos and you trade yeah. away Datsuk's contract and you lose <laughs> Larkin, assuming that you'll probably yeah. get Stamkos, I, I don't do that trade. I wait until I know for sure that Stamkos yeah. is a part of the plan. The, thing I, the, thing, the thing I don't get about Shannon Kirk is that like if you want to trade him... Then don't set the price so high like that, because uh, then it's they, never going to happen, and you're not going to get you're going to get him for nothing. Last year they signed yeah. Mike Green. Yeah, and like teams aren't going to want to do that for basically a rental without like a guarantee that they can sign this guy. Exactly. Um, so I, I feel like it's a baffling move for the Blues, and it's question it's questionable at best. So I think Edmonton and Boston are probably going to be the front runners in yeah, Shattenkirk. They are, but. Um, he may be traded in the trade deadline area, but uh, I think the, the Blues I think, have I to... Think, I think St. If St. Louis, if I'm wise, if I'm St. Louis, I get him before, long before. I think this is going to be an off-season thing, like okay. maybe maybe not on July 1st, but maybe shortly after that, because yeah. they're going to get as much for Shattenkirk. If they're wise, they're going to get as much for Shattenkirk as they But I don't, I don't think the Bruins or the Oilers are going to 
bite, really. Um, yeah. If they set the price that high, um, if that's what their price is. I don't um, know what you guys think about this. But yeah, yeah. You guys have been quiet about it. <laughs> well, I'll jump in on Subban. I, I, don't, I don't think Subban will be traded. I, yeah, I, know I agree with that. that Bergman has said he'll, he'll come out and he'll... It, it, it's, it was leading up to the draft um, when all these rumors were floating around about Subban and some people expected him to be traded. Um, it was... I, I didn't ever think there was a chance, really. Um, when Bergman was asked about it, he didn't even say that he wasn't like taking offers. He had to go out and say, I, I'm, if I get a call from an opposing GM, I'm not going to hit the end call button. I'm going to answer my phone. That, that's basically what he said. He said he, he wasn't honestly interested in even discussing Subban unless somebody said, yeah, I'm going to give you everything you possibly want for him. That was the only way he said he'd be moved. Um, he's one of the faces of that franchise. He does so much for that organization on and off the ice. I don't see a way where they trade him. I don't think they should trade him, and I don't see a way where they do. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess you're right, though, about. Yeah, Sub. I don't think Subban, you can get a, the right return for Subban, um, regardless of if you what you get in return, um, unless it's like. Subban's probably like the best defenseman, um, not in the league, but like in, in like a value, like a valuable defenseman, one of the best defensemen, I should say. He's the best Montreal's had in a very long time. Yeah, and I feel like so. I feel like you probably could get a high value for him, but I don't think it's worth it um, if you can't get someone um, as good, and that's Montreal tough to come by. Montreal has needs everywhere except for in goal, really. Yeah. yeah. Carry Price staying healthy. So I don't think um, they're in a position to be trading it for, you know, say, PK for specifically offensive help or somebody else. Right, because then they, have, then they need defensive help if they... <laughs> exactly. They've got holes yeah. everywhere they need to fill. So I think yeah. uh, if they've got a star, keep your star, and, and as opposed to trading him for lesser pieces. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I think he'll stay. I think he should stay. And I think that's the right decision. I think another point there is that why would Montreal waste the prime years of Carey Price's career by trading um, unarguably one of the top five defensemen in hockey yeah. for, for futures? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense, really. Um, I hope they do it, but I don't think they will. Um, exciting, but... Yeah. Um, Shattenkirk, uh, any, um, any other analysts on Shattenkirk? Well, what I will say is, like, guys like Shattenkirk, guys like Cam Fowler, maybe Tyson Berry, like, those yeah. those guys, they don't have the type of cap string that Subban would bring. They all bring an offensive flair to their style of play. So you're going to have a handful of teams in urgent need yeah, of an I feel like, defense. I feel like, Will, we were saying about how, like, Montreal can't afford to trade uh, Subban, but I think the Blues and the Ducks are have enough defensive depth to yeah. trade uh, Shattenkirk or Fowler. Yeah. So, and, and, so they're more yeah, likely to happen. Yeah, and, and and that you know creates higher demand for guys like Shine, Kirk, Fowler, and, and yeah. Barry, and that's good for the guys that are trying to train because as free agency looms, these deals are going to get done sooner rather than later. Once one ball drops, you've got yourself a bidding war for the next best thing. Yeah. Once that bidding war is done, the third best thing, a huge bidding war starts. You add teams that could overpay. Yeah, and you also look at the UFAs. Like Golagossi and Yandel, they're off the board. 
Yeah. Basically Defen- the there's not really that many defensemen left. No, yeah. there's Brian Campbell, Dan Hamus, Chris Russell, Merrick Zaglicki, if he even plays, Roman yeah. Polak, Jason Devers. There's not a whole lot in the free agency front. So and a lot if, of, you want, uh, if you want a big defenseman, big name defenseman, trading's the way to go. And there's not and there's a ton of teams that need defensemen. Uh, the exactly. Bruins, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, I mean the, I'm sure I'm blanking, Dallas Stars, Colorado. Um, And you you also look at um, the fact, you know, if you wait till the deadline, if there's a better crop of defensemen that you could sign for for nothing, like, and not have to give up anything in in the following free agency period, you just missed your window to basically get the best offer available. So if I'm a team like Anaheim who has Fowler, or, Shat- or St. Louis or Shattenkirk or Barry if he goes from Colorado. I get that deal done. But while that window is still here, then wait till the trade deadline. Yeah, that's true. So once one deal gets done, the others will follow very, very shortly. I um, think on, on Shattenkirk there, the teams yeah. that were willing to go after him, I don't think it really made sense for them to make that trade. Boston, you're mentioning. Why would Boston fire Shattenkirk? Like, um, I know you may have a better view on what Boston's doing than I do, but I don't think Boston's going to be, be competing for a cup in the next five years, which uh, is the current Shattenkirk's career. And then with Edmonton, um, who's to say Shattenkirk's going to resign there? Like, I think teams that would have made sense for Shattenkirk to go to, um, Dallas or Washington, um, and they don't have the pieces that St. Louis are asking for. I mean, they don't have David Pasternak, so they don't have multiple first-round picks um, to give up. I, I go for Dallas though because um, that that's actually a, a great call. I mean, Goligoski's gone, mm-hmm. and Jim Neal expects um, Demers also Russell and Demers to both leave. Yeah, so they need shutdown defense. They don't need offensive defense, and that's the problem with yeah. Dallas. Uh, I mean, I, I disagree with you on Boston. I feel like the biggest need for Boston is defense, and I feel like once we get that figured out. So our offense is pretty good, um, but I feel I feel like once we get our defense out of the way, um, like we need a guy to, like Charles, not what he used to be. Seinberg definitely isn't what he used to be. Um, we signed this guy Kevin Miller, who sucks. So um, it's uh, so I feel like we need to figure out defensemen. So Shattenkirk would be like the new Chara. Um, so, I mean, we probably won't win the Cup in the next five years, but I think if we get a guy like Shankirk, we increase that um, potential a long time from then. But, um, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, um, and then as for Edmonton, I think they do need, like, they also desperately need defensemen. Uh, to compete, because they definitely have the forwards who are going to be there for a long time, like David and Hall um, and RNH. Um, but I don't know if they can have one without the other. Um, all right, let's go to the UFAs. We have a list of UFAs here on where will they go. This is all speculation. We don't know what we're talking about, really. Um, so uh, we already talked about Stamkos at the beginning of the show, um, and we are kind of a bit over, um, but that's okay. Um, so I have a list here. I guess we can just do it one by one. Uh, Kyle Ocposo, um, where do you guys see him going? Uh, I think right now Minnesota. Okay. I'm saying watch out for Buffalo if they lose out on Stamkos and even VC. Detroit, again, if they lose out on Stamkos, need another option up forward. 
uh, maybe New Jersey. Yeah. I could see him going to Boston. He seems to be the kind of guy to do that. But, um, yeah, Minnesota, because he's from there, I could see that as well, especially after losing Danik. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, uh, I don't know, Steve, if, where Steve is. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here. I, I say he goes to Toronto. Okay. Because, uh, like, he goes from a place that is John Tavares to Austin Matthews. Yeah. Like, running shotgun on that, how could you not say no to Toronto there? Yeah. And, and that team is going to be really competitive. So I, I, I think there's a realistic shot he lands in Toronto. Okay. Uh, Louis Erickson. Um, yeah, he's not definitely not staying in the Bruins. I'd say he's probably going to, like, St. Louis or, um, yeah, maybe Minnesota as well. Uh, I'll say Vancouver overpays for Erickson. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on Vancouver. I think they said they're going to go after a uh, a big fish, hard after a big fish, and all that screams to me is um, willing to overpay when you know the the market gets tough and more teams join in on the on the Ericsson sweepstakes. Um, I think they'll be willing to overpay, and I think they'll be. I don't think it's a good decision, no. but I think they'd be willing to overpay. Yeah, I think it's the same route. I think Vancouver's going to overpay if they don't get him. The Islanders will. Okay, well, uh, Milan Lucic, uh, I think he, he's, I think Vancouver's, he said that he's not going to Vancouver, uh, he's not going to the Kings, I could see him going to Edmonton to reunite with Chirelli, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know where else he could go, but, um, yeah, Vancouver, Edmonton, scream out to me, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say Edmonton too, and I'm gonna say they're gonna overpay too, and before I say anything else, um, I think almost every team overpays in free agency. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, we, we like goes without saying overpayment um, for Lucic. I'll say uh, Islanders other side of the ice, but uh, they're still going to need somebody else to flank Tavares when they lose Ogbozo. And I, I, I'm guessing Lucic. Yeah, that's a good. That's an interesting call. Um, I could see that happening. Uh, Rodin Verbata. Um, I could see a reunion in uh, the desert. I could see the Coyotes. Uh, Going after Verbata for a short-term contract. Yeah, I think he's gonna have to take a pay cut, two-year deal, maybe three point five million. If he goes anywhere, Florida or New Jersey. Florida uh, would be I interesting. Europe. I think he goes and plays in the Czech League. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't be surprised either. Florida would be an interesting team for him or uh, destination for him. Um, David Backus. St. Louis better resign him if they know what's up. They can't let him walk. Yeah, he's the captain. I feel like I feel like it's Tarasenko's team though in the Blues, but yeah, I guess you're right. They probably yeah, can't let I, him walk. They I I don't even want to consider where he goes outside of St. Louis. They I think they're going to keep him. Uh I I I'm a little stuck on Bacchus, but uh you know, I'll just um I'll take a shot in the dark, and I'll say Colorado. Uh, I mean, I think we're all taking awesome. shots in the dark. Yeah. Sackick like to spend on big bodies a lot, and yeah. um, I don't think Back is, is a great pickup, but I could see Colorado going after him. I could see Minnesota also going after him, too. Um, mm-hmm. That would be another team. Yeah. One, more, one more shot in the dark. I'll go, uh, I think Columbus finds his way to shed uh, Hartnell's oh. contract, and I think they go and they sign Bacchus uh, to be their 
de facto number one center. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset with that. Uh, if I were any any other team in the Eastern Conference, I'd be upset. But <laughs> I, I think he's going to make them look a lot better. He's they great. already look good. He screams to be a John Tortorella type player. Will block every yeah. shot imaginable. Yeah, um, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I see it as a fit. Um. Yeah, that's a good call there. Um. Although I think he had an off year this year, but that may have been to injury. But um, Eric Stahl, I was debating about putting him on here, but I guess I'll put him on here. Eric Stahl, he had a bad year for the Rangers, so I I guess he would take a pay cut. I could see him going to Toronto, uh, back to his hometown, or around to, I think he, wasn't he a Leaf, isn't he a Leaf fan? I think he grew up being a Leaf fan, but... Um, Everyone grows up in Toronto, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's, he's closer to Winnipeg than he is to Toronto. Okay, so maybe he'll go to his hometown in Winnipeg, I don't know. Um, I think he goes to Philly, and they are going to overpay so hard... Because that's usually what Philly does. If that doesn't happen, either New Jersey, Montreal, the Islanders, or the Sabres are going to take him. Okay. Um, I, I think stall to Philly is going to happen. I'll throw out uh, four, four teams, all of them Canadian. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa, Vancouver, um, and uh, we'll go Calgary. Um, I'll need a centerman. I think he'd be a fit uh, for all of them. I don't I don't think he's going to be worth whatever money he gets, just like us, as we said, nobody really is in free agency. Um, but I think I'm going to go one of those four teams. Ottawa's got tourists' advantage. We don't need Eric Stahl. No, thank you. Uh, oh. uh, he'll probably take a pay cut regardless of where he goes. Yeah. Even if he even if he takes Fayette, they already drafted Logan Brown, too, like, and they got Pajot, and, and uh, they also have... Um, a bunch of other young guns up and coming too. Like they're set at center right now. Um, I'm blanking on this guy's first name. I don't know why, but a uh, lad. Andrew Ladd. Andrew. He's oh yeah, I thought Boston. it was Andrew. He's going, he's going to Boston. Boston. Yeah, yeah, I don't I know if we need. Him. Fit there. I don't. Right, he's a left winger, right? Uh, I thought he was a center for a bit. Yeah, I, I can see that. I guess I I want a poso, but I I I'd be okay with a lad there. Um, Back to Winnipeg. Back to Winnipeg. Uh, with Ladd, if, if, if Tampa doesn't re-sign Stamkos, I could see them uh, giving Ladd a contract, although I think he's going to want longer term. So yeah. uh, I think there's an off chance there. Maybe Nashville. No, Nashville would be interesting. Although they have Johansson, I guess, like oh, for like a second. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, they got some nice pieces there. I just think Andrew Ladd would be a nice complimentary piece, someone who can play in the penalty kill too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Different forward from James Neal and Johansson and Forsberg and those guys. So, yeah. See, I, I think Nashville, in order to get a guy like that, I think they're going to have to, like, if, if you look at, and I hate to go back to the draft, but you look at uh, who Nashville selected uh, in the draft, um, just taking a look here Dante Fabro from the Penticton V's, Tyson Yost's teammate. Uh, Sam Gerard in round two, another solid defenseman. Final six selections, three are our defense. They had Seth Jones, then they traded him to Columbus. And they still have Weber, Ellis, Yossi, and Ekholm. And last offseason, they signed Barrett Jackman, also a defenseman. So they're loading up on their strengths um, to the max right now. Um, I can see them trading a defenseman even to a promising uh, prospect uh, who's also a defenseman in order to get a forward that they need. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they get a guy like that through free agency. Okay. 
Um, so I think that concludes my UFA list. Um, I guess there's Demir's. Um, I think he goes to a lot of the teams that need defensemen who like who may not have gone Shattenkirk. Um, so either probably like Edmonton, Boston, or Dallas. Um, I've uh, I've seen a lot of stuff saying Demir's going to Toronto. Oh well, okay. I could. I who, guess who going to Toronto, sir? Demers. I could see that. Um, I don't know. You uh, you said you have a couple of others on your list, Steven, right? Oh, uh, Dan Boyle. I see him going to Edmonton only for a one or a two year, worth th- three million per at the most, because he's he doesn't have much left in the tank. I can see him helping uh, groom their young I guys. Think I, think retires, still I think he retires though. I think he retires though. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, if they can afford Hoodler, I think he stays in Florida. I oh, right, I forgot about Hoodler. Over there. Uh, players who might get overpaid, Louis Erickson, we mentioned him. I think Mik- Mikhail Bacher and David Perron are going to get seriously overpaid because there's a lack of left-wingers in this draft. And mm-hmm. once the big fish start to fall, you'll see guys like Bacher and Perron especially get uh, a lot more money than they're asking for. So uh, I-, I think Bacher and Perron definitely are going to get big money. Although I'd rather put that money towards Bodker than, or sorry, Perron than Bodker. I'm not a fan of Bodker's game. Um, he's almost. I, I think Perron brings a lot more uh, to the game, and he can do a lot more um, outside of if he's not scoring. He can do a lot more to the team. Um, so we'll see. I'd rather put it towards Perron, but I, I do agree. I think both will get overpaid. Um, but I can see Perron being a fit in New Jersey. Uh, two other guys I'd want to bring up. I think Brian Campbell goes back to Chicago. <laughs> um, and yeah. I think a parent will re-signs in Toronto. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so we do have the section here. Bruin sends, De- and, then, and then I added the Devils and Leafs. Um, although we kind of talked about each team at length beforehand. Um, so we're at an hour ten minutes here. So we could, we could make it quickly. Uh, just what what we think our team's going to do um, okay. in the off season, uh, but just do it quickly because um, yeah. I don't know if people really want to listen to this or not. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll just go first. I didn't mention it before throughout this whole podcast. I tried to be uh, objective, but um, it's kind of tough sometimes. But um, I think the Bruins are going to go after Ocposo, Um and that will help fill the void of Louis Erickson. Um, I think they go with Shannon Kirk. Hopefully the, uh, hopefully the return is okay. I'd be okay with Spooner uh, going, um, but pro- definitely not Krug or um, or like Pasternak. Um, I'd, I'd be seriously upset if those guys go. Um, and but I and speaking of which, I think they signed Krug and Marchand. Uh, I don't know exactly what the contract, but I think they resigned those guys um, before the season starts. Um, I guess we can. We'll start with the other host uh, co-host, and then we'll get to our guest after. Uh, so, uh, Steve. They need to make a decision on what to do with Mike Hoffman. Either keep him or trade him. And uh, they're going to need to make that decision. Uh, I think in the in the off season, I, 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 if, if 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 a trade happens, they can't really afford. I think to let it drag on 
um, into the trade deadline. I think a guy like Mike Hoffman, you can't let him. You, you, you can't. Uh, you, you can't really risk too much of, for a guy like Mike Hoffman. You also need to re-sign your RFA's right now, like CC Clayson, uh, Cody CC, Frederick Clayson, Matt Pumple. All those guys are coming up on uh, RFA's, and they need new contracts. So um, I, I think. Um, those three guys in particular, you need to figure out what to do with them, and I think all of that starts with what you do with Mike Hoffman. So well, um, I think the I think the entire off season it's going to revolve a lot of, uh, around uh, Mike Hoffman mostly. What would you prefer with Hoffman? What would I? Uh, what uh, come again? What What do you mean? What would I prefer with Hoffman? Would you prefer he's traded or he stays? See, it's it, it, it's it's tough to tell. I I like him on Ottawa. He's got. He's got a quick shot, um, very accurate release too. Um, working a bit on his offensive game, it's it's really tough to tell because I, I hear that um, he wasn't as big of a fan of Dave Cameron. Uh, but now that he's out of the picture, it'll be interesting to see um, what the chemistry is with the new coach Guy Boucher. So I think at the same time, you almost need to know what he's like under Guy Boucher uh, before you make your decision. But um, I think the longer this drags on, the worse it's going to get. So um, I, I, I don't envy being in the position that Pierre Dorian is in right now because it's a it's a pretty tough decision. I think he's got the potential to do a lot of, of damage uh, in the future with Ottawa. But, uh, again, it, I guess it all depends on how much he's going to be asking for. Um, all right, I guess we'll go to Chris next, talking about the Devils. Um, three key RFAs to sign. Um, well, one UFA, Schlumko, the UFA. Um, I like his game this year. He wouldn't be expensive to resign. Uh, he he did what he needed to do. He he's fine on a bottom pairing, or if you get more depth as a seventh defenseman, um, I like it. I like his game. It's easy. It just we'll keep it simple. I think we should resign him. Uh, it'd be cheap. Uh, Paul Mary, obviously, thirty goal scorer, breakout year this year. Need to resign him. Um, might be. A hefty asking price. Um, he's got some leverage, um, but it is only one season, so I can't imagine it's it's anywhere north of five point five million a year. Um, but I truly believe in his game. I think he's he's going to keep that game uh, going forward. I think he is he is for real. He's legit. So I want him resigned. And Devontae Smith Pelly uh, never lived up to his hype, but I think he brings an element that the Devils need, especially on the right side. Uh, very limited right wingers in New Jersey, so I uh, I really want him re-signed. He's an RFA this year. In terms of UFAs, um, I think the Devils will be um, under the radar players in the Stamkos week stakes. But other than that, maybe throw an offer at Ocpozo. I can't see them being anywhere um, anywhere near uh, Bodker. I think there was a rumor floating around that Erickson was on their radar, but I. I personally would not um, be an advocate for that. I wouldn't be a fan of, of Erickson coming, um, but we'll see. You uh, well, you guys uh, recently picked up uh, Mark Savard's contract, so doesn't that kind of hinder the amount of UFAs you guys could get because it of does. this? It does. I think it's. I think he's got a four point five million dollar cap hit that we took on. Yeah. Um, and on that, I know that was a great deal getting a second round pick to take on one year of a four point five million dollar cap hit. But, um, no, there, there's a lot of – the majority of the Devils' bottom six um, is now without contracts. I think a lot of them will walk, and I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams 
few you know, former draft picks that are still on their entry-level contracts are going to get chances uh, in that bottom six or a lot of the guys they signed from the NCAA the last two years. Um, I think they'll get the chances in the bottom six. There's a lot of cap space in New Jersey right now. I think before taking on the Savard contract, so I don't think the 4.5 would change it that much. The Devils have the third most cap space in the league. Um, they still got a lot of room to work with. Okay. I, I thought that was a strange move if they wanted to compete, but I guess I guess they have a lot of cap space to work with. So, um, and Let's go to uh, Matt uh, talking about the Leafs. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh... What we have right now is pretty much what we're going to see going into next year for the most part. Yeah. Uh, if we sign Stamkos, then changes. Um, and I think we might go after a right-hand defenseman free agency like Demers. But outside of there, I don't think the Leafs go after anyone um, who will make a lot of money. Um, we got a couple of guys who are probably going to trade. I think we'll probably see Peter Hall and get traded before the season starts. Um, Stuart Percy probably gets traded. Um, and then maybe Josh Levo or uh, a forward like that who's right on the fringe between the Marlies and the Leafs. Um, if we can acquire a right-hand defenseman going forward who can play in a top four, um, I could see the Leafs parting with a prospect like Kasperi Kapanen. Um, but if they don't get one, I'm fine with that too. I really think that uh, Connor Carrick is a top four defenseman going forward, and we have some other interesting options there too, and Nikita Zaitsev um, and Frank Corrado. They also uh, have Soshnikov. Soshnikov's a forward. Okay. Yeah. Do you think uh, Nylander or Marner are gonna? We're gonna see them at all in the pro roster? Oh, yeah, both of them. Are you gonna see both of them? Yeah, that should be fun. If they sign Stamkos, do you see Bozak getting moved? Um, no. At some point, I personally, for the past years, I've been. uh, I have not really liked Bozak's game. I, I thought Kessel carried him for a long time, so I was always. I always wanted him to get moved, but um, now that we're at this point where the expansion draft is coming up, I think Bozak stays, so he'll be fodder to give to the expansion draft for that 47-year-old. Interesting. Okay. So I think that's it for our um, our uh, two-part series uh, with the BTI Sports um, people, uh, Chris Mazza and Matt Anderson. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and we will talk to you again in episode 38 of the Lace Month Podcast. And hopefully, uh, Chris and Matt, uh, we can do this again some other time. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, you're, you're welcome.